What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie Saltburn. Here's a quick synopsis. Oliver Quick, a young man at Oxford, becomes infatuated with a fellow student, Felix. The two become quick friends, and Felix invites Oliver to stay with him and his wealthy family during the summer break. The film stars Barry Keoghan, Jacob Elordi, Rosamund Pike, Richard E. Grant, Allison and Archie Medekwe. Standout performances. Barry Keoghan has made a name for himself with supporting roles in The Killing of a Sacred Deer, Dunkirk, The Green Knight, American Animals, and Eternals. He's coming off of his first Oscar nomination for his performance in The Banshees of Inishirin. Saltburn is his real first prominent leading role, and he's the perfect choice for the character of Oliver. He's really good at playing mysterious characters who you're not quite sure what their intentions are. There are obvious similarities between this performance and his performance in Killing of a Sacred Deer, but this performance in Saltburn proves his leading man capabilities. One of Keoghan's upcoming projects that I'm excited about is a movie with writer-director Trey Edward Schultz that will see him be paired with Jenna Ortega, and of course I'm really curious to see if Keoghan will ever play the Joker again. I would like to see more of him paired with Robert Pattinson's Batman. Keoghan's co-star in Saltburn, Jacob Elordi, is making it so he's not just the villainous Nate from Euphoria. He played Elvis and Sofia Coppola's Priscilla. In Saltburn, he plays Felix, who is a very innocent character who doesn't quite understand the effect he has on people. And one could say what the movie is saying about wealthy people is they don't fully get the power they can have over certain people. They understand the effect their wealth has but they don't understand the magnitude of it. Alordi this year has worked with Sofia Coppola and Emerald Fennell and will continue his streak of working with really good directors as his next film, O Canada, is with Paul Schrader, which also stars Richard Gere and Uma Thurman. Alordi will also star in the film On Swift Horses with Daisy Edgar Jones, Will Poulter, and Diego Calva, the breakout star of Babylon. It does feel like these two Barry Keogh and Jacob Elordi will be a big part in the future of Hollywood being leading men working with really good directors. They are on the right track. I'm not saying they're there yet. Keoghan is way more there than Elordi. He's already been nominated for an Oscar. This was a big step for him. This was a big first movie that he's the lead of. I'm excited for the future of him. As for Elordi, I think the future is really bright. I'm interested in the fact that he was disinterested in playing Superman in James Gunn's upcoming Superman movie. I'm not upset that he keeps bashing the Kissing Booth films. I think he takes his craft super seriously, and I think that's a good thing for his career moving forward. I want to see these two reunite on screen one day. Also in Saltburn is actress Rosamund Pike, and something that's happened to Rosamund Pike's career post her Oscar nomination for Gone Girl is she's become a secret comedic weapon, first with I.K a lot where she plays Marla Grayson, a con artist who gets guardianship on senior citizens only to take their fortune. In Saltburn, she plays Lady Elspeth, the mother of a Lordy's Felix, who is given hilarious dialogue that illustrates how out of touch she is. This, to me, is 
the most important performance of the movie. If you like it, you will most likely like the movie overall. If you don't, you most likely won't care for the film. And I feel like there are some characters like this in every movie that's given the big scenes. And if you enjoy those characters, then you enjoy those movies. The people that like the film Saltburn really like the Rosman Pike performance. The ones that don't like Saltburn don't like Rosman Pike's performance. Let's talk about the writer-director of Saltburn because I'm really interested in what has happened with writer-director Emerald Fennell after her debut Promising Young Woman where she won an Oscar for the screenplay. The movie was polarizing. Some hated the use of style given the subject matter. I really like that movie. Carrie Mulligan should have won an Oscar and the same people who had a problem with that film I feel have the exact same problem with this one. I would compare what's happening with Fennell to what's also going on with Taika Waititi. These are two filmmakers who won Oscars early on. Some put them on the list of the best directors working today and others think their movies lack substance and that they're overrated. My feelings on her is the best is yet to come and she's made two really good movies. The thing that gets debated the most about Fennell is the shock value of her movies and if there is any purpose. I tend to give her the benefit of the doubt. I think her films are jarring so you will remember them and talk about the subject matter. There is a wild scene with Barry Keoghan in this movie that I won't spoil but you will definitely not forget it. And I do tend to think it's a good thing for a director to be talked about both negatively and positively because she's a well-known filmmaker already. That's what you want to be. It's like a Wes Anderson type of movie. There are some people who love Wes Anderson and there are some people over the whole Wes Anderson thing. That's the same thing that's happening with Emerald Fennell and Taika Waititi. They will never make a movie universally beloved by all. That's fine, but I think the fact that they are being talked about is a good thing that people care about the movies they are making. They have strong feelings on them. I hate it when I watch a movie and it's just neutral. If a movie makes you feel strongly one way or another, I think it's achieved something. And that's something I see in both films written and directed by Emerald Fennell. Those films make you feel something about the subject matter. Whether they're entirely right or wrong, that's for you to decide. There's a lot of back and forth with what this movie Saltburn is trying to say. And here's what I got. That wealthy people are socially unaware and that people without wealth will do terrible things to get wealthy. That's all I could get from the movie. Maybe there's more to it. Maybe I'll gain more from it if I rewatched it over time. But that's the basic message I got from the film. I do believe there's another reason why some people are annoyed by a movie like like this because a movie like this the basic message is rich people are terrible and I think some people are kind of sick and tired of watching these things over and over again I mean we just watched 
four seasons of Succession, the best show ever. That show brilliantly displayed how rich people are terrible. How much further can we go with that idea? Where can we go that we haven't been before? The menu had some of that, that wealthy people are terrible. Where does it end? I do feel like people are kind of sick and tired of being told the same thing over and over again in movies. Like, I think you need to dig deeper if you're going to make a movie with this kind of subject matter about wealthy people. Like, are you saying anything new? And I think it's fair to say that Saltburn isn't saying anything new when it comes to that subject of rich people. I just feel like because we've seen so many recent things that deal with wealthy people that we want to see something new. Like Triangle of Sadness was a really good movie. Did that say anything new about it? No, but I like that movie and I feel similarly towards Saltburn. It's a movie that I liked, but it's not saying anything new about the social hierarchy that I didn't already know. And when you watch a movie like this, you're kind of wondering what the movie or the filmmaker thinks about the characters on screen, and I couldn't really get a read of what this movie thinks about the character of Felix played by Jacob Elordi. Am I supposed to look at that guy and think he's a dirtbag? Because he kind of comes off as a somewhat good person who has a ridiculous amount of wealth and doesn't fully understand the weight of it. Now, if you look at the Rosamund Pike's character, you would say that the movie is saying she's a terrible human being. Look at the dialogue she's saying. But is that enough? Like, is that enough to show you that she's a terrible person? Like, I'm just saying that's kind of lazy on the part of the movie that all you have is that stirring dialogue to depict that this wealthy person is clearly out of touch. Isn't there more subtle ways of doing it? And that's maybe one of my biggest problems with Saltburn is the movie is so in your face. It's kind of telling you and showing you everything it has. There's no subtlety whatsoever. That doesn't make the movie less entertaining or engaging, but what it does is make the movie less thought-provoking. Like, I don't really want to think about these characters over and over again. I don't really want to think about the Oliver character or the Felix character moving forward. And that's something that I like to do with movies. I like to think about them. I like to be challenged. And I think Saltburn is a simple movie that thinks it's way more complicated than it really is. Saltburn has been compared a lot to the late great Anthony Magella's The Talented Mr. Ripley. I love this film. This film stars Matt Damon, Jude Law. Now, obviously, you can see the comparisons between Jacob Elordi's Oliver. He's a lot like Matt Damon's Tom, a habitual liar, and Elordi's Felix is a lot like Jude Law's Dickie. But I would say that Talented Mr. Ripley is a way better movie. It has a stacked ensemble that includes the likes of Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Blanchett, and the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman. It is fair to say that that film's star power grew over time. Like, when that film came out, Matt Damon really only had Goodwill Hunting, Jew Law was just then having a moment, Gwyneth Paltrow went on to win an Oscar, Philip Seymour Hoffman went on to win an Oscar. Kate Blanchett has gone on to win Oscars. Who knows, maybe in 20 years from now, Barry Keoghan and Jacob Elordi will be two of the biggest movie stars working today. I 
also just think the talented Mr. Ripley is a better movie than Saltburn. I think the plot moves quicker. I think it knows where it's going. I like Saltburn a lot, but I think the ending really messed things up, and I don't want to spoil the ending, so I won't. But I will say it's a messy ending, and it feels like it was rushed. Like, it feels like they knew everything from beginning in the middle, but they didn't know how to steer the ship into the shore. It went on and on. I just think the construction of the film's ending is just all wrong. Like, it could have gone in so many different directions. I just feel like it went down the wrong one. And I am big into endings are a big deal when it comes to movies. If you want to be considered a great movie, you have to have a really good beginning and a phenomenal ending. I do think endings are important. Look back at Oppenheimer, how that movie ended with Killian Murphy's Oppenheimer talking to Albert Einstein. What a great ending to a movie. I look back at all of my favorite movies and what they have in common is they have great endings. Think back to the ending of Whiplash. What a fantastic ending. That's what made that movie great. Saltburn is a really good movie that isn't great because of how the film ended. And I've heard some people say that Fennell's last movie, Promising Young Woman, had that exact same problem. I didn't have that issue with Promising Young Woman. It kind of made sense how that film ended, and I do think that that's the only way that movie could have ended. I don't have that same feelings towards Saltburn. I feel like you could have taken this movie in a million different directions that would have made more sense. Now, there was a time jump that really bothered me. I was totally taken aback when they did this. It made zero sense why we had to wait so long, why there had to be so many years in between the film. Like, it just felt like a movie that could have been settled in that moment, but the time jump ruined everything for me. I was taken out of the movie immediately. Movies like this don't need time jumps. I do want to talk more about Emerald Fennell because I do think it's really fascinating what's going on with her, and I mentioned the name Taika Waititi and the fact that they both won Oscars early on in their careers, and it is kind of similar of what we do with actors. We anoint the next great actors and say they're going to be the biggest things in the world, and we give them Oscars, and then we tear them down for a few movies, and I feel like the same thing is happening with Emerald Fennell. She had this great debut as a writer-director. Some thought that that was the best movie of that year. Some believe she deserved that Oscar and should have been in contention for Best Director. Some believe, like myself, that Carrie Mulligan should have won the Oscar. And thinking back, she's not the first director to go through something like this. I feel like Damien Chazelle has gone through a similar thing. He won the Best Director for La La Land, and then his last few movies have not been as appreciated, even though I think they are just as good. First Man was a movie that wasn't talked about enough, and Babylon was a movie that I believe was misunderstood 
good by critics and audiences. I think that movie will be reevaluated in the next few decades. I just think as much as we love to build somebody up and say they are the next Steven Spielberg in the case of Damien Giselle or whoever you want to compare Emerald Fennell to, we also love to tear them down and say, what on earth are they doing now? They were so good and now they've fallen off. I don't think that Saltburn is that big of a fall off from Promising Young Woman. Now, I don't think it's nearly as good of a movie, but I still see some of what she's doing in this movie is really good. Like how she can mix serious topics with this kind of silly comedic tone, I think is brilliant and I think more filmmakers should do this. This film, like her last film, Promising Young Woman, is visually breathtaking. I weirdly believe that writer-directors are judged way more harshly than just people who direct their movies. Because when she writes and directs a movie, you believe she is responsible for it all, that she came up with all of these ideas. And that is true, in a sense. But also, it's just a movie, and I also think you have to give her the benefit of the doubt sometimes and say, she's just trying to entertain you. And I think she accomplishes that with Saltburn. I'm really interested to see where her career goes. I think it will end up being always polarizing because I think she's always going to touch on sensitive subject matters that people have really strong feelings towards. And I think that's a good thing that she's trying to tackle those issues. But a lot of people aren't agreeing what she's saying in the movies themselves. And that's always going to create some type of conflict. Overall, I like Saltburn. I liked most of the movie. It has some funny moments and some wild moments that were entertaining. Again, my issue is the film's ending. That I don't want to spoil again, but it's a lot and doesn't totally work. It feels rushed. And I also want to say this. I did have super high expectations when I heard about this movie. I heard that Emerald Fennell was working with Rosamund Pike. And I think in that respect, it delivered because Rosamund Pike gave one of the best performances of her career. I think the rest of the movie is a bit of a letdown if you were expecting the next promising young woman. I don't think this movie is as good as that movie. But is that really fair to compare a director's film to their last one? Probably not. But you just expect her career to continue at this height, and it doesn't always happen that way. Saltburn is a really interesting movie. It has a lot to offer. Key Hogan and Alordi are electric together. There's this one scene where the two of them are driving to meet Oliver's family, and it is one of the best film scenes of of the year. And it's a scene like that that has me thinking that Saltburn is a movie that didn't reach its full potential. Like, really, on paper, this should be in the discussion as one of the best movies of the year because I think it's there. Like, I think if the film nailed the ending, I would think of this as a top 10, maybe even a top 5 movie because there's a lot to like here. It's a thriller, it's suspenseful, it has comedic undertones. Like, there's a lot here. It's doing a lot within a lot of different genres. But it doesn't nail the ending. The ending is awkward.
awkward. It feels like it's just, again, going on and on and on. The ending wasn't as shocking as I wanted it to be. It wasn't as jarring as I wanted it to be. And that's why I'm a little confused because it feels like Saltburn is the movie that wanted to be shocking and jarring. Now, the ending, maybe a lot of you will disagree with me and say that it is shocking, that it's the only ending this movie could have gone with. I just don't see it. Again, there's this time jump that I really hated. During the second half of the movie, I was just asking myself, what are you trying to say with these scenes? And I don't think a movie should be like that. Like, the second half of the movie almost felt incoherent. And that's why the movie falls from what could have been really great to just a really good movie. Here's the last thing I'll say about Saltburn. Obsession is always a great subject matter for movies, but once Obsession leaves this movie, it completely loses its direction, and you'll understand what I'm talking about when you see the movie Saltburn. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I recommend you check out the movie Saltburn. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about Ridley Scott's Napoleon starring Joaquin Phoenix, so tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe.